You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hi, I'm Janet Willis, and my topic today is titled, The Father's House is Not the Temple. In John chapter 14, Jesus tenderly and graciously prepared his disciples for the hardships that lay ahead for them. He wanted them to have a clear view of the long view. He said, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. I go to prepare a place for you. But what did Jesus mean by the Father's house? Where is it now, and where will it be in the future? In a recent podcast, Joel Richardson talked about this. His initial point was that we shouldn't think we're going to live in heaven forever, but that we'll live here on earth with the Lord in his kingdom. The scriptures support that. But then, Mr. Richardson said, Whenever Jesus refers to my Father's house, he means the temple. Joel Richardson referred to Ezekiel chapter 40 to 48 and said that there will be a huge future temple complex with 90 apartments. He called it a campus. He said that was the place that Jesus was going to prepare for his disciples, that future temple. Does scripture support that? In this, the third podcast in my series on the New Jerusalem, I'll take a very careful look at what Ezekiel 40 to 48 reveals. The details in these chapters answer the question, what did Jesus mean by the Father's house? A common saying is, when it comes to real estate, the three most important factors are location, location, location. We need to look at all that God says about the location of his future capital, Old Testament prophecies are foundational to understanding New Testament prophecies. The Christian Jew Foundation published an article by Tim Sigler called Reading the Bible in the Right Direction. Tim said, Just as Volume 2 assumes that the reader understands Volume 1, so the authors of the New Testament assume a knowledge of the Old Testament as a prerequisite for appreciating their message of Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. Of course, once a reader completes Volume 2, he will better understand Volume 1. But Volume 2 is not to be placed as a grid over Volume 1 before it has been read. Once Scripture is read in the order God revealed it, we should interpret the entire Bible in light of the entire Bible. The prophet Ezekiel said, In the visions of God, he brought me into the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain, and on it to the south there was a structure like a city. That's 40, verse 2. He was in Israel, and he was on a very high mountain. The Hebrew word for mountain can also mean a plateau. From the whole context of Ezekiel 40 to 48, we know that Ezekiel called this plateau the holy allotment. The prophet provides a panoramic view of this plateau that can be mapped out. But don't miss the key words. On it to the south, there was a structure like a city. A structure like a city. 
Those are like the words of Jesus in John chapter 14. My father's house is a single structure, and many dwelling places is like a city. Ezekiel had an angelic tour guide that took him around and even gave measurements. He was on elevated land in Israel. He saw a temple in the middle of the Holy Allotment Plateau, but on the south he saw a structure like a city. It was separate from the temple. The structure had a square base. It had twelve gates, three on each side, and the gates were named for the twelve tribes of Israel. It was located on land that is most holy, and Ezekiel says it was the place of God's throne, in other words, his capital. Ezekiel says, the name of the city from that day shall be, the Lord is there. That's chapter 48, verse 35. In other words, the city will have a name that's extremely significant. From that day means God will dwell there forever. Earlier in chapter 37, Ezekiel had said, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in their midst forever. My dwelling place also will be with them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. That's verse 26 and 27. There's two separate places. The temple is the sanctuary, and the structure like a city is God's dwelling place. Now, let's look at the New Testament. John had a vision of a city also, Revelation 21 and 22 tells us about it. John had an angelic tour guide who also gave measurements. He was on elevated land in Israel. He saw a city with a square base, and there was no temple in it. It had twelve gates and three on each side. The gates were named for the twelve tribes of Israel. John said it was a holy city, and John said it was the place of God's throne, his capital and the Lord will be there forever. Revelation 21 says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. That's verse 3. Why haven't these two cities been compared before? First of all, Ezekiel 40-48 to talks mostly about the future temple. He briefly mentions the city in chapter 40, verse 2, but it's not until chapter 48 that he actually gives details and even measurements of the city. In upcoming podcasts, I will deal with those measurements as well as the issue of timing. I will present evidence that these two prophets were given a view into the future, a view of the same city, New Jerusalem. When Jesus said, My Father's house, he was referring to that structure like a city, the New Jerusalem. I have a seven-minute video preview on YouTube. It's called, What on Earth is Heaven Like? It gives a quick overview of my book by the same title. You might want to check it out and take a look. So, does this New Jerusalem already exist? Both Ezekiel and John were looking at a city in the future. But does this city exist now? In John 14, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. I go to prepare a place for you. Note that the present tense is used, are many dwelling places. He's not building it now. 
He's preparing a place in it. Now the Bible talks about a city called Jerusalem that presently exists in heaven. The book of Hebrews, chapter 12, says we're coming, quote, to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus. That's verse 22 to 24. This heavenly city is the dwelling place of God and countless angels, but notice who else is there. Jesus is in the heavenly Jerusalem. It's also the location of the spirits of the righteous made perfect. When believers die, they go to the city. When we're absent from the body, we'll be present with the Lord, 2 Corinthians 5.8. And what about the righteous? This includes Abraham. Romans chapter 4, verse 3 says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. This also includes David. Notice how David said, quote, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's in Psalm 23, verse 6. David didn't mean the temple. It wasn't even built yet. He didn't mean the tent where the Ark of the Covenant was in David's day. David meant he would live in the Father's dwelling place, the Father's house, forever. So if New Jerusalem already exists, where is it now? Paul said that two cities named Jerusalem simultaneously existed in his day. He called it the Jerusalem above. He compares the Jerusalem on earth, the present Jerusalem, to the heavenly Jerusalem, which he calls the Jerusalem above. That's Galatians 4, verse 25 to 26. So, the Jerusalem above is the same as the city in Hebrews 12, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Some say this city could be hovering over Israel right now, but in an unknown dimension. Here's some passages that are certainly worth considering. Psalm 48 says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, in the city of our God, his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth, is Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. That's verses 1 to 3. The phrase, in the far north, is sometimes translated in the sides of the north. And it's also used in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13. The Hebrew meaning of the word sides can sometimes mean inner recesses or remote. And the meaning for the word north can mean hidden. This can possibly mean that the city is in another dimension, not presently visible to us. The Bible gives several hints that this heavenly city is not far away, but maybe close to earth. Jacob, in a dream, saw angels ascending and descending a ladder that reached to heaven. Genesis 28 says, How awesome is this place, Jacob declared. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. That's verse 17. Another example is when Stephen was being stoned. Acts chapter 7 says, Stephen looked up and saw the glory of God, and he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. 
That's verses 55, 56. Stephen was in Jerusalem when he said this. He looked up, and he said he saw the heavens opened up. These two references imply the nearness of God's home. Also, Psalm 68, if taken literally, gives information related to the present location of God's city. Psalm 68 says, To him who rides upon the highest heavens, which are from ancient times, his majesty is over Israel, and his strength is in the skies. That's verse 33 to 35. Interestingly, the highest heavens, which are from ancient times, can literally be rendered the heaven of heavens of old. This passage doesn't say the word city, but it does specifically mention the place where God is. It says it existed from ancient times, and it says it's over Israel. So, one more thought. Will the city actually land? The Old Testament prophets have much to say about this new Jerusalem. Zechariah says, And the Lord will be king over all the earth. In that day, the Lord will be the only one, and his name the only one. All the land will be changed into a plain from Geba to Rimmon, south of Jerusalem. But Jerusalem will rise and remain on its site. That's chapter 14, verse 9 and 10. A massive plateau will rise up, and the size of it matches the size of Ezekiel's holy allotment. Isaiah says, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for from henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust, arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. That's chapter 52, verse 1 and 2. This implies a joining. The land or site of the original Jerusalem rises up and the new Jerusalem is set down. Isaiah is saying that the future location of God's capital city will be on the site of present-day Jerusalem. Isaiah also says, Now it will come about in that in the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as or on the chief of the mountains, and will be raised above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it, and many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. That's chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. These are just a few of the prophecies that give evidence of New Jerusalem landing on earth. More discussion on this is coming on my future podcasts. So, in review, we've looked first at the Old Testament, then New Testament passages that provide details about God's city, New Jerusalem. Number one, it exists now. The spirits of believers dwell there with the angels, but best of all, they are with Jesus. And number two, Paul, as well as the author of the book of Hebrews, tells us this Jerusalem is now up above in heaven. And number three, John says this Jerusalem will come down from God out of heaven, and Ezekiel gives us the map of where it will land here on earth. We've taken a fresh and careful look at John 14, comparing scripture with scripture. So now let's look again at what Jesus said. 
In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The Father's house is that single structure. It has many dwelling places, like a city. But also note the repeated words that talk about location. The Father's house, it's a place for us. It's the new Jerusalem. It's where Jesus is. And there we will be also. In my next podcast, we'll talk about the shape of New Jerusalem. Do we have any idea? Is it a cube, a sphere, or shaped like a mountain? What about the size of the New Jerusalem? What about the timing of it? Speaking of timing, notice how John 14 points to the timing. I will come again and receive you to myself. When Jesus returns, he's bringing his Father's house with him. There are amazing clues all over the Bible, hiding in plain sight. Till next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 